Hey, Downtown Community Church, my name is Luke Bergemeyer. I am your Young Professional Discipleship Director, and welcome back to yet another episode of DCC Daily. Wednesdays so far have been some of my favorite episodes because we get to hear about the lives of those in the church that are being transformed and directed toward Christ's love. And whether it's been a story of life change in the storyteller's life or one they've witnessed in their immediate community, we get to be encouraged as a church that God is indeed at work in all of us at all times. Stories like these just bring these pockets of joy to the surface for all of us to experience. But today, I want to change the direction a little bit and share a story not from our direct community or even our modern community, but a story from church history that testifies to the faithfulness of Christ throughout all of time. But before I dive into this man's particular story, I want to briefly explain why hearing the stories of the saints that have gone before us is so essential to our Christian walk. Doing this is essential to the lives of Christians for several reasons. One, it reminds us that we are a family of believers, not just a collection of individuals worshiping the same God. And like any family, we have a rich family tree of those that have gone before us and experienced the radical, transforming love of God. And when we tell these stories, just like when we tell the stories of those in our lives right now, we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness and his desire to use his people to restore his kingdom. Secondly, we remember these stories because Jesus remembered these stories. Part of reading scripture is reliving the stories of the flawed yet faithful men and women of the Bible, people that lived thousands of years ago. Jesus spent his time on earth memorizing the Torah, i.e. the Old Testament, and sharing the stories of the prophets, patriarchs, and leaders with his friends. In doing this, they all saw themselves as part of an enormous story of history that God is sweeping through the world, and we too get to place ourselves in that story. Maybe the best New Testament example of this is in Hebrews 11, where the writer breezes through the entire history of Israel, reliving the stories of their heroes and standing in awe of their magnificent faithfulness. Again, not perfect people by any means, but men and women whose stories of faithfulness make up most of the Bible as we have it today. And thirdly, we remember these stories so as to learn lessons of how to live a life centered around Jesus Christ. Some stories show us exactly what to do, while some stories show us exactly what not to do. But either way, through paying attention to the faithful lives of past saints, we can transform our hearts into ones that yearn for a richer discipleship in the here and now. With all that being said, I want to share a quick story about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German teacher and writer who practiced the way of Jesus during the reign of Adolf Hitler in Germany in the 1930s. In short, Bonhoeffer, one of the most significant Christian minds of the 20th century, was a brilliant dude. He got his PhD literally by the age of 21, then left for the United States to teach at a seminary, in part to avoid the incoming evil of Nazi Germany. But then soon after that, he felt convicted to go back to his homeland of Germany, not to conform to the evil of Nazism, but to be the face of resistance to such a horrendous evil. Instead of conforming to a warped interpretation of scripture put forth by the Hitler propaganda machine, one that was shaped by a toxic mix of elitist humanism and horrifically racist ideology, he and a radical group of fellow pastors started the Confessing Church, a completely subversive and anti-state movement that decided to re-establish Jesus as king of all, not Adolf Hitler. 
Now, this in our very, very cozy Western American lives might sound like exactly the kind of church that we would have joined ourselves if we were in that time and place. And that may be true, but it's also a remarkably easy thing to say in 2021 because being against Hitler is sort of kind of the only acceptable stance you can take in this situation. But it is essential to remember that just as it is today, the prevailing ideology of culture has its way of sucking even the most intensely hardened disciples into its jaws. We are, myself very much included here, so attached to comfort and so allergic to conflict that being against Hitler is only an easy stance to take if you don't have to be in the face of the threat of concentration camps and executions on a daily basis. And that's why this movement of Bonhoeffer's wasn't a passion conference filling stadiums, but it was more of a basement prayer meeting with very, very few followers. Nonetheless, Bonhoeffer knew that it was faithfulness to the way of Jesus that mattered and not popularity among the cultural Christianity of the day. He was aware that one is temporary while one is eternal. Because of this, Bonhoeffer established a seminary of his own called Finkelwald in Poland, Here, he and his students lived in a community shaped by the practices of Jesus, a community where the call to pick up your cross and follow me was a literal reality before it was a figurative reality. This is a place where the flimsy ideas of consumerism and autonomy at all costs and self-fulfillment all meet their ends because real community is not possible if we are still being controlled by those ideas. This story in particular goes that a friend of Bonhoeffer's named Wilhelm Niesel came to visit him in Berlin, but he was concerned by how fervently Bonhoeffer and his crew were opposing the state religion of Christian Nazism. Bonhoeffer took him way out to Poland, placed him on a rowboat just off the coast of Finkenwald, and took him ashore to a hill that overlooked a Hitler youth training facility. He pointed back at the makeshift seminary, then back at the Nazi camp, and said something to the matter of, this must be stronger than that. I'll say that one more time. This must be stronger than that. And I'm in no way equating the atrocities of 1930s Germany with the American culture we live in. That would be a foolish and enormously shallow-minded thing to do. Two things I've often been told I specialize in. But what can be gleaned from that simple phrase is that we, as a church family of believers, both past and present, must be stronger than that. And fill in the blank for what that is for you. Maybe it's a culture that glorifies sexual freedom and identity at all costs. Or maybe it's one that fostered an environment where a man's neck could be kneeled on for nine minutes straight without intervention. Or even just a work community where your faith is belittled either directly or indirectly because they hold a way of life not structured around the person of Jesus. Whatever that is for you, we as a DCC and global church community need to be stronger than that. And this, through the example of Bonhoeffer, is only ever done through community. And not a week, I'll participate when I feel like it community that I've definitely been a perpetrator of, but a community of disciples willing to go to the figurative and literal grave for one another. One where all the messy and ugly sides of relationships are shouldered with each other. One where we tell stories of current and past believers and transform our hearts into something resilient enough to take on that. Let's bring a little bit of Finkenwald to the south side of Tallahassee and beyond. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of DCC Daily. Remember, you can keep up with our church via our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to access previous sermons. 
As always, tune in with us for both in-person and online services every single Sunday. And remember, continue to dive into the stories of your past and present with your community of believers and be transformed by the faithfulness of God as you do.